Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We are your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 7. Mags, I want you to describe to me your current emotional state after watching Episode 7. I'm not going to lie, my feelings are all over the place. Mm-hmm. The result of the episode left me really bummed. The coming up next week left me really excited. So mm. I'm kind of a good mix right now. What about you? I feel like I feel at balance with the universe. Like I, <laughs> I can really read energy really, really well as a master <laughs> instructor. And I feel totally at peace. <laughs> With everything that happened in today's episode, we do have a lot to recap. Should we get into it? Let's do it. We get another previously on Survivor, and right away, the foreshadowing begins. Just showing that Bruce and Keturah's battle is about to come to a head, and uh, showing their history of Bruce saying things, Keturah being annoyed at those things back and forth. It's basically how this whole episode starts. I felt like after watching this part that definitely something was going to happen between the two of them in this episode. What did you think? I definitely like to read into the edgic is what they call it, but that's like the logic and editing of things. And oftentimes it doesn't get you anywhere, but because it was alluding to so much of that, I kept thinking like, oh, this tribe split is really going to get one of these two out, and it's going to be because of these issues they're having. So for it to kind of just fizzle out into nothing in the end did kind of bum me out a little bit because I love the drama. After the Bruce and Katura drama, we get a brief recap of the amazing Shot in the Dark play that left us all on a high last episode. Caleb saving himself with the Shot in the Dark. First time it's ever worked. Now... Since last podcast, I've done some thinking about this shot in the dark play. Okay. Let's hear it. And I have some beef. Not with the shot in the dark itself or with Caleb playing it. That All that part of it I thought was great. My beef is with the rest of the players. Okay. We had a unanimous vote on Caleb for this vote. I think I how, know where you're going with this. How in the world... In season 45. Are they not splitting a vote? Are we not splitting a vote? Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows if Caleb has an idol or an advantage or something that he somehow got from somebody that he could play. Everybody also knows he has his shot in the dark. So, with 12 people out there, how is nobody suggesting, hey, let's just throw two votes on the next person that we want to go home? So, it's then. You know, we don't have to go through the whole revote. What year yeah. is it? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> when I first started watching Survivor, you introduced it to me at the Millennials versus Gen X season. Mm-hmm. And in this season, I was so confused because it was the first one I had ever seen. And they split nearly every single vote. And it used mm-hmm. to drive me nuts because, you know, only 5% of the time did somebody have an advantage. There's a higher percentage now that people have an advantage in this new era of Survivor that honestly splitting a vote is 
almost becoming a necessary thing each tribal. And somehow nobody even thought right. of it for this tribal. Anyway, that's my beef. I just wanted everybody on the beach to kind of wake up. That's what I would do. If I were Jeff, say, what is wrong with you guys? Have you never seen this <laughs> show before? I would just <laughs> rip into him. We go from the previously on Survivor. We transition to the after the vote. We got the nighttime beach scenes. Caleb, of course, is on a high, you know, which, of course, you know, maybe he shouldn't be considering everybody voted for him. <laughs> but how could you not And be? honestly, I felt like he handled it very well. We're on a season where people are coming back to camp and handling things in a better way than I ever could. But I think everybody's handling this great. He isn't mad or salty that everybody voted for him, although I'm sure he is deep down, but he's not showing that. And everybody else is just kind of laughing like, what a good play. I appreciated this because Caleb did have a lot of reason to come back with a lot of animosity. The the high of finally getting the shot in the dark to work just left everybody with positive feelings, whether they, you know, have, <laughs> whether their vote worked or not. and. You know, Caleb seems to not really care so much. I mean, he he can't, right? If he holds a vendetta against everybody who voted for him, then he pretty much holds a vendetta against everybody left in right. the game. So he has to let it yes. go, and he does. He does say in his talking head to the camera, I don't have any friends here. And honestly, that kind of bugged me a little bit because it's like, hello, Emily, the person who warned you that everybody is voting for you, the reason you knew to play your shot in the dark, it just bothered me a little bit because I think they have such a close bond that he belittled it in that way that kind of made me sad. But, you know, I love Caleb, so it's hard to say anything bad about the guy. That's right. After this, we have Bruce calling out Katura for seemingly no reason, just to stir up a little bit of drama. Yeah, so I'd like to introduce a new segment here. Okay. The segment's going to be called, is this a quote from Bruce or a drunk guy? This is what he says to Katura. I have a question for you. You were so much on the fence with us for voting for Caleb. And you did. Now here's the question I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> you I, were so much on the fence. Is that a phrase? That's drunk guy. <laughs> that's my answer on this one. That must be drunk guy. <laughs> you were so much on the fence. You were so much on the fence. I have a question for you. Now, now, here's the question I'm going to ask. <laughs> it reminds me of the guy on uh, Parks and Rec, the newscaster, who's like, on today's news, I have news for today. <laughs> <laughs> you heard with Purge. Yeah. The news I'm telling you are the words that I'm speaking at the moment to you now. Yes, Bruce has a way with words. I mean, it's, it's what made him a... A fan favorite from last season. <laughs> As if. <laughs> also, in another talking head from Katura, she has the title of this episode, which is called The Thorn in My Thumb. And I just would really like to say, when you're on Survivor, don't mess up a popular and common saying because they're going to point it out. They're going to air it and they're going to make it the title of the episode. <laughs> I cannot remember this. But there was a, I want to say typo. What's the uh, what's the real life version of a typo? 
like a verbal typo. Yeah, like somebody misspoke. Snafu. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you and I watched this episode together, mm-hmm. and it's a contestant from a little bit ago, and oh my gosh, I just remembered it. I'm so excited. It's a guy with curly hair, and he says, I am bum puzzled. <laughs> do you That's remember right. that? I do remember that. He's talking that. about he's being confused. To, yeah, he's trying to say he's bamboo- he's been bamboozled. Yeah. He says, yes, I'm bum puzzled. <laughs> this actually reminds me of another legendary like tribal council moment when mm-hmm. Tyson is sitting there. Oh, one of my all-time favorite survivor uh-huh. moments. And who is who's who's the guy talking? I, I don't remember. know. Everybody's a nobody compared to Tyson. Yeah, and he's saying, you know, he's just trying to rustle feathers. And Tyson cuts him off and says it's it's ruffle feathers. And it's an intense moment. Uh-huh. Like this is not the moment where you crack somebody. <laughs> He's like angry. Yes. Talking about rustling feathers and Tyson just has to cut him off and say no, it's ruffle <laughs> feathers. And everybody looks at Tyson, Jeff, the guy talking, everybody looks at Tyson like, are you serious right now? <laughs> That's what makes Tyson such a fantastic player. But that yeah. is also the title of that episode. It's That's what I'm just saying is you make a mistake on Survivor, they're not just going to breeze past it. They're going to air it and they're going to make it the title of the episode so everybody's waiting for your mistake to happen. From there, we get morning on the Dakuwaka Beach. That's what they've named their merge. Yeah, I really tribe. wanted the story behind that, but I don't think we're going to get it. Yeah, they didn't seem to mention it at all. But that's what it's called, the Dakuwaka. Back in the day on Survivor, you would almost always see them naming the merged beach tribe together. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like you'd always find out in the end that somebody just made up some word that was important to their spouse back home or the name of their daughter's stuffed animal. And I really liked whenever people had those little ties like that. But I just wonder if now everybody is so suspicious of stuff like that. Yeah, it would always be like, I think we should name the tribe Traff. It's, you know, it's like a Fijian word. It means like people of the sea. It's like we are the Traff. And then it would cut to a talking head of that person cracking up and going, it's just fart spelled backwards. <laughs> and everybody agreed on it and they put it on the flag. That's what it used to be like. Now exactly. we just get a little scroll at the bottom. Yes, that tells us what like it is. Boston Rob got them to name their tribe after his wife Amber's, like, toy bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that And one. said it was, like, a Spanish word that meant, like, together. Well, <laughs> who knows what Dakuwaka means. But in the morning here, we have Katura going and, and kind of trying to pit people against Bruce. It seems like Kendra's on board with that. She doesn't like Bruce. Kelly openly is annoyed with Bruce, but... Kelly points out that Bruce is constantly telling her that she's his number one. And so she wants to keep Bruce as a number, as a shield, as like someone, you know, at her disposal. She doesn't want to get rid of him quite yet, but she's getting pretty sick of having to work with him. We do get a scene of Emily and Caleb with their special bond. This is kind of a cute scene you know emily talking to caleb giving him some hope like yes you can do it they do that for each other this is a completely different day for you you can you can move past what happened last night and uh yeah it does show what you were just saying that 
Caleb does have a friend on the right. beach. Caleb, just open your eyes. <laughs> Emily is there for you. Austin now finally has his fully-fledged idol, and he really benefits from the fact that there were so many people voting last night that nobody counted all of the Caleb votes. Yep, he really did. I would say in this new era of Survivor, if I were to ever go on and play, I would count every vote at Tribal Council because mm -hmm. you never know when something like this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so everybody thinks that 12 people voted Caleb, but in reality there are only 11 votes for Caleb because Austin didn't vote and nobody picks up on it. But Austin now has his fully-fledged hidden immunity idol he can use whenever he wants up until the final five. Yes. He sacrificed his vote two times to make that happen. So he's in a more powerful position than he's ever been. He's looking great. He and is. he didn't tell Drew, which I think is fantastic. Yep. Whether or not Drew picked up on that, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But... It always drives me nuts whenever there's a tight duo that really do share everything with each other, um, share all information, because at some point they have to use that against each other. And it's really good if your number one thinks they know everything, but they don't. Yeah, absolutely. Because at some point you're going to have to most likely turn on each other, yep. especially if you know, you've been both playing the same great game. Yes, if you're a duo you have got the same resume, so you're not going to the end together. Exactly. Now we get Bruce just not being able to help himself. He's got to, like in this moment, he's he's telling Sifu how to do his job, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I don't understand fully what Sifu's job actually is. Me either. But Bruce seems to. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Bruce doesn't un understand it. He knows better yeah he's <laughs> he's showing sifu what they're talking about he just can't help himself he's got to interject and and share his knowledge and he is just getting on everybody's mm -hmm. nerves absolutely he's getting on caleb's nerves of course the hilarity of this he and caleb have kind of this one-on-one -on -one conversation that just does not go well i think bruce thinks it go goes well yeah but it does not go well for bruce this conversation is actually another segment of Bruce or a drunk guy? Are all the answers Bruce? Spoiler, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. All right, here it is. This is verbatim, by the way. Okay. Both of these quotes, I, I paused and I wrote down exactly what he said. So my son was a quarterback on the team. He throws a pick. I talk to him in a way that's like a check. Like, okay, you threw a pick. Check. Because when you're a quarterback of the team, now you're thinking that the other 10 guys on that side of the ball are going to be like, oh, what the dude's going to throw another pick. He's got to throw another pick. He threw one last time. I'm going to say be wary of the bedfellows that you keep. <laughs> what? I, what was the message from that? I don't understand. Move on from the pick. So Caleb, he does say like you stumbled, you know. Which Caleb just had one of the biggest triumphs in Survivor history. So I don't know what he's talking hilarious. about. But yeah, he, he says, I, beware of the bedfellows that you keep. I don't even know what a bedfellow is. I know. Is that someone like a servant who makes your bed yes, for you? Yes, and Caleb says like, oh, like, be careful who I sleep next to in camp. Uh-huh. And Bruce is like, no, but doesn't elaborate what it <laughs> actually means. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. 
And then as he tries to figure out what he actually meant, he also gets lost in yeah. the analogy. <laughs> He's like uh, Michael Scott when Michael's like, sometimes I just start a sentence and I just hope it finds the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is just hope that, you know, I don't know where I'm going with it, but I just hope yeah. that let it come to me. And in a little talking head after, Bruce says that Caleb, like you said, you know, kind of trips up. And he says, you know, Caleb is manipulative. And this bothers me. <laughs> I know that I, I like, I stand for Caleb. Mm -hmm. But this, like, bothered me. Even if I wasn't a Caleb fan, you can see it. Caleb's not manipulating anybody. Mm -hmm. Being a smiling, nice person, mm -hmm. if that's who you really are, which I believe is Caleb, mm -hmm. is not manipulative at all. He wasn't, like, tricking anybody. He wasn't putting on two different faces. I was just so confused, like... Bruce is just trying to throw buzzwords around. Mm -hmm. He's manipulative because he gets people to like him. Yeah, because and he's a likable person. <laughs> and it seems like the only way Bruce can get people to like him is by lying to them mm -hmm. and being someone he's not. Honestly. Man, I, I mean, Bruce is just on a roll here because he's then talking to Kelly. And Kelly kind of calls him out for what he did last night to Katura and and all the things he's been saying on the beach. And Bruce defends himself by saying, hey, I've always been an honest, straight shooter. That's just who <laughs> I am. And Kelly, it was all she could do to not say, Bruce, it's not your honesty. It's it's your stupidity that's the problem. <laughs> she was really holding back. I could just tell. It was just right. The words were there. Yes. She just wanted to say them. Keep your eye on Kelly. She is the dark horse of this season for me. This was a fantastic episode for her. She's doing great. To be able to, there's always a person. No, actually, there's not. It takes a lot to be able to handle somebody with a personality like Bruce and to see the bigger picture of why keeping them around is actually a good thing for you. And she's got it. And she's got the mental strength to put up with Bruce so that it looks good for her in the end. Now, if she goes far and she ends up winning this thing, I'm going to have to pull the old recording from our previous podcast where you say Kelly is definitely not going to win. Did I say that? <laughs> Who even is Kelly? All I'm trying to say is that Kelly is not going to be the winner of this season. Using some logic and the edit that she's getting, mm -hmm. if you don't know who this girl is on the first episode, she's not going to win. You, you, you never know. You know a little. <laughs> okay, okay. That was on like episode two or three. One or two, and that's yeah. what I'm saying about the logic and the editing. I do like to pull from that. So if you're not getting a lot of screen time, it's suspicious. But she's getting she's... screen time now. It's a Julie mm -hmm. who we should be suspicious of. <laughs> Julie is the one who's definitely not going anywhere, <laughs> and not just because of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> Before we leave this little area on the beach, we do get a little mm -hmm. moment of uh, Jake and Caleb chatting. Mm -hmm. shows Caleb's face and in the background it shows a dead a dead man's foot so it would seem it's Jake's foot that looks I don't know how else to say it besides like a dead man's foot and he has one shoe on and then his dead foot no shoe on <laughs> and it kind of at first it looks like oh looks like there's like a weird light on that's making his foot look this way no that's just the way his foot looks, okay? 
Mm. I'm going to take a screenshot and I'm going to post on our Instagram. I'm going to start doing that. I'll put the screenshots of everything that we refer to so you can go and see it on our Instagram post. But I had this whole bit about how I was going to make fun of his foot. And then moments later, it cuts to a shot of him limping. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you feel terrible. (laughs) So anyways, I'll leave the bit out, but I did just want to say it. I took a picture. I also failed to mention when we were talking about Kelly and Bruce talking. Something that separates a player from a great player in Survivor is being able to take feedback and Mm -hmm. to adapt. Mm -hmm. Take, for example, the case of Emily versus Bruce. Mm -hmm. Emily got some life-changing feedback from Caleb about being more approachable, being more friendly. That changed her whole game. That Her being able to take that feedback may have made her a million dollars. Yeah. Bruce can't take the feedback. Kelly tries to give him some, you know, maybe don't bring up or attack members of our alliance in front of other people. It makes us look weak. We just need to stay strong. And, you know, Bruce goes with that whole thing. I am who I am. I've always been honest, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And that's not going to win you a million dollars in this game. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, before we move on to the challenge, talk about what an incredibly in some ways beautiful, fall from grace Bruce has had during this season. Mm -hmm. Like he came in as poor Bruce, smashed his head in the first, you know, five minutes of last season, got medevaced off of the beach without really having any survivor experience. He was on the beach for a total of 12 hours got helicoptered off to go get his head fixed up and everybody felt bad for him. Right. You know, everybody felt like this poor guy didn't get his chance and he was liked because of the pity. Right. And, uh, now he is evolving, not evolving in terms of who he is. Cause like we just said, he, he doesn't change, but in our eyes, the more we get to see of him, He goes from this pitiable, you know, sad, likable guy to this villain who is antagonizing and just gets on your nerves, says things that seem outlandish and unnecessary and is is really become the biggest villain of this season, which is we've had a season where we've been starving for villains. Right. And uh, so Bruce is filling that role fairly nicely. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, what a, that's why I say it is kind of a beautiful fall from grace for Bruce because he's uh, taking on a big role. Yes. Villains play a big role on Survivor and, and he's shouldering Honestly, that load pretty much by himself right it's now. It's hard for reality TV contestants to go out on a high. Mm-hmm. I see this exact pattern on the Bachelor franchise all the time. You get a contestant who is super likable. Say Brendan from Tasha's season. He gets us heartbroken and America loves him. Sweetheart, we love you. Then Bachelor in Paradise comes around and he thinks, ah, why not? I'll take a swing on it. And becomes America's opposite of a sweetheart. He's He's down 50,000 followers on Instagram. 
he's canceled. Everybody's mad at him. Mm. It's hard for these people just to quit when mm-hmm. they're ahead. They get the sympathy. They get the love mm-hmm. from the uh, fans of these TV shows. And they just want more and more and more. And it ends up kind of ruining their reputation in the end. Yeah, Bruce could have just ended on that high. We could have felt bad for him, but been like, man, we respect the guy. That's too bad. Yeah, he could have kept his celebrity mm-hmm. status for the rest of his yeah. life. <laughs> but we do move on to uh, an immunity challenge. And uh, before we get to that challenge, let's take a quick break. With Christmas less than two months away, now is the perfect time to head over to Jancy & Co. to snag some of those great holiday deals for that special someone in your life. Macrame, embroideries, weavings, Jancy & Co. is here to make the perfect alliance with your holiday shopping needs. For a limited time, save 26% with code HOLIDAYMERGE at Jancy & Co. on Etsy and at jancyand.com. I pride myself on being a good gift giver. And one of the key elements to that is getting a unique custom gift. This is going to be so special. Nobody's going to have the item that you gift from Jancy & Co. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. And we're back. Let's get ourselves a challenge breakdown. Mags, you want to break it down for us? You got it. I know that a lot of our listeners aren't watching this season and just listen in, so I'm going to try and be a little more descriptive to these challenges. Luckily, this is an easy one to start with. They have to hold on to a 13-foot pole and hang on for as long as they can. Once they drop, they're out. But there's a twist for this challenge. They are divided into groups of six and the person who lasts the longest in each group wins immunity. So, two people are going to be immune tonight. However, these same groups will attend tribal council separately and each vote off one person. So, not only will two people be safe, but two people will be going home. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Let me just say, I freaking love this challenge. When it gave the little drone shot coming in, I was so excited. I love the endurance challenges so much. And this one specifically because this has nothing to do with physical strength. I looked up the history of everybody who's won this challenge. And sure, it has some iconic people, Ozzy, Joe. But there have been a lot of people who've won this challenge who are not known for physical strength. Take Ty, for example. People who are known for being small, not physically fit, etc., etc. It's these people who can get in this space in their head that I like to call zen. They can just be zen. They can fly through this challenge. And you saw it with the winner of this challenge today. Yeah, it seems like pain tolerance is the number one indicator for success in this challenge. Absolutely. The other aspect of this challenge is it is also a reward challenge. So between the two finalists from each group, whoever lasts the longest wins a reward for their group. They get to go to the sanctuary and eat tacos and drink soft drinks and chat it up uh, and go back to their home camp. The losing group or the one of the the winner that doesn't last as long, that group gets no tacos 
they have to actually go back to the old Lulu Beach with none of their things, no food, nothing. And they just spend the day there getting ready for tribal council. The other big thing that is brutal about this, the losing group goes to tribal council first. And the person that's voted out at their tribal council does not get to be on the jury. And everybody knows if you don't make the jury, you're basically useless. <laughs> it is the goal for everyone. If you're going to lose, at least be on the jury. So then you get to continue to participate all the way up to the finale. Everybody that goes home from the jury, you're forgotten about pretty much instantly. Also, little known fact, if you're on the jury, you do get paid. Really? So obviously, it's not as much. Yeah, that's good to know. So they're playing a little bit for money, right. unspoken. Mm -hmm. That that was a brutal thought that they all, typically once you've made the merge, you're definitely on the jury. And so to realize that you would make the merge, but still could maybe not be on the jury, that's probably, you know, a really devastating thing for these players. They draw rocks for the groups. It's a random rock draw. We have a blue group and a red group. Classic. They love doing blue versus red. Everybody does. Oh, Every board sure. game that has two teams, it's blue-red. I wrote down the groups. I Let's have hear them. it. You ready? Mm-hmm. In the blue group, we have Bruce, Sifu, Kendra, Kelly, Drew, and Emily. And in the red group, we have Jake, D. Austin, Julie, Caleb, and Katura. All right, Mags, you see these two groups standing side by side. Who jumps out at you? Who's going to win this challenge? Well, I immediately thought of Dee's big toe. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> immediately. And so I'm thinking this whole time, if Dee has the mental strength plus the big toe, unstoppable this was my one concern is they have those little grooves that you can kind of put your feet into mm -hmm. what if her big toe was too big to fit into the groove <laughs> that was my problem but then i was reminded later in the episode they're just long <laughs> they're not particularly wide large <laughs> yeah they're just long toes which man what are the chances she would come in here talking so much smack just chatting up her big toes, and she'd have a few chances to prove it right away. Honestly. What are the chances that someone talks so much about their big toes and they, they get this challenge? Uh -huh. The old pole hold. Hold a pole. It, it's Whatever actually, it's I actually saw what it was called. Let's see. Oh, it has a name? Yeah. Um, it's called Get a Grip. Every challenge has a name. Get a and Grip. And this one's Get a Grip. Oh, that's a good one. That's better than the pole hold. It is better than the pole hold. <laughs> I, I mean, I would just shorten it to polled. <laughs> That's not bad. I know. <laughs> you have, are onto something here. <laughs> I do have to say, I did notice she hardly used her big toe. She did for a minute, but she took a pose that I hadn't really seen before. Mm -hmm. She was like sitting on the pole. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. She was at like a 90 degree angle on the pole. I don't even know. Her legs were looped around it. Yeah, she was kind of like straddling this? it and leaning back. 
So she had her arms and legs like around the it. back of her thighs were mm-hmm. flush to the pole. Her butt was against <laughs> the pole. She's leaning back as she's, you know, straddling this pole. The old pole hold, as I think we call it. Pulled. The pulled. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what was it actually called? Get a oh, grip. Oh, the challenge? Yeah. yeah. Get a grip. I think she was she was in a very unique uh, pose the whole time. Right. But we, we start the challenge, and right away, Emily starts sliding down. Apparently, as a you know a market analyst, she doesn't do a lot of pole holding. <laughs> I mean, it seemed pretty obvious at that point that she did not have a lot of experience. There were a few people who I could tell right away weren't going to make it, and she was one of them. When you've only been up there for a few minutes and you're already making faces of distress, mm-hmm. you're a goner. You're fired, yeah. yeah you're I, I know that you're not lasting for a long yeah, time. It's the zen people, you're right. It's like we said, it's about pain management, and when you're squinting your face and gritting your teeth, I just know that you're not handling this very well. And mm-hmm. like I've said a million times, it's a mental game. Thoughts are invasive, and mm-hmm. if you start thinking, I need to give up mm-hmm. you're you're done yep you're gone they're dropping like flies to be honest yes emily goes down julie goes down shortly thereafter apologizing as she goes which i thought that was a little tone deaf why why would you be apologizing for these people for losing to them yeah <laughs> they are thrilled that you're dropping <laughs> off you julie she goes down you're welcome <laughs> yeah exactly that's what she should have been saying of course they want you to drop. Anyway, <laughs> Drew goes up. Oh, no, Drew doesn't go up. Drew is sitting up there. I wrote this down. This is funny. He's sitting up there. Emily, who's sitting on the bench, is yelling up to him. Drew, you look great up there. He says, yeah, I'm a model up here. <laughs> it looks like a. he's squatting. He's in like I, a squatting position. Uh huh. He made me laugh. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> That's so funny because I also I didn't catch that, but I did get a different quote. Drew is slowly sliding down the pole in just this really awkward way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jeff notes, this is not looking good for Drew. And I'm like, you could say that again. <laughs> <laughs> not just in the challenge, but doesn't look good for him. Yeah, if he's not a meme after this. It's not- <laughs> I thought for a second, Drew, when Drew's at the very, he's he's perched at the very top of that pole. Mm-hmm. Of course, part of the challenge, you can't touch the top of the pole, but you can get up to the top, right? And you just can't put your hands up there. And he, I thought he was going to fall from the heavens. <laughs> he starts saying his legs are falling asleep while he's up there. And I thought he was just going to drop all 13 feet onto his back. I was worried for him. That this challenge surprisingly has not led to any major injuries, but 13 feet, that's a long way to fall. Drew makes it all the way down to the final two in his group. It's in the blue group. It's Drew and Kelly are the last two. Kelly looks pretty zen. She's She hasn't really moved the whole challenge. Drew, of course, is sliding down painfully. Not just painful for his thighs, but painful for us to watch. Mm-hmm. Painful and for his image. <laughs> painful for future job prospects. <laughs> and he... When you look up Drew from Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. Hopefully they don't do a background check on him. And that's the image that they see. <laughs> but Drew, Drew drops out and Kelly ends up winning it for the blue group. She gets the immunity, but she is still trying to win the reward for the blue group. Yeah. So she stays up there. In the meantime, there are still four people left in the red group. In the red group, you have Caleb, Austin, D, and Katura. Austin drops out next, and then Caleb drops out, and it's between D and Katura. D, like we were talking about earlier, she looked zen. Mm-hmm. She had the pain management thing down. She kissed the pole. She kissed the pole. Katura, she slides down and she's out. Mm-hmm. So D wins immunity for the red group. Those two we know now are both safe. And now it's just who wants the immunity and also who is trying to kind of secure for their group a jury spot. Right. Which they don't really care about that much probably because they know they're both safe. But it's a nice gesture. There was a... Whoever in your group. Yeah. This reminded me of a few seasons ago. You remember that lady, Nora, who played? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was this challenge, but I can't be sure. No, it wasn't, but it was another endurance challenge. Exact same setup. She won for her group, but was still competing for food. And as soon as she won her personal immunity, just dropped out. And everybody was like, Nora, the sandwiches. (laughs) I remember that. Jeff makes an interesting point there that both Dee and Kelly, while they're up there, neither of them got to eat at the merge feast. Of course, Jeff calls it a merge meal just to spite us. But neither of them got to eat. They're they're lightweight. They got nothing in their stomachs. They're streamlined. Of course, it's easier for them. <laughs> Bruce, he was pounding whatever food they had. I can't remember what it Pasta was. Pasta beer. Pasta yeah. beer. He, was, he, had a, he had a full belly he had to hold up there on that pole. So, of course, he dropped out. <laughs> I thought one of the more epic moments of this challenge was when when you know kelly is showing signs of weakness yes we get a shot of d kind of clocking that and she looks over to her her group sitting on Uh the bench and just says we're gonna eat yes we're gonna eat i love that this goes along with the message i'm trying to send home about this challenge being a mental game even if you're not feeling it saying to the one person you're against like I could go all night. I could go all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> she just channeled her her Schmidt. She's yes. up up. She was up there on that pole. She just looked over at Kelly. I could go all day. I do this all day. All day, son. <laughs> but once you start talking like that, you got to be the first person to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to get done to you. But as soon as you start talking about how comfortable you are, how you could last. For a long time up there, it really gets into another person's head, and that's what happened here. Absolutely. She says to those guys, 100% certainty, we're going to eat. Yeah, which epic, mm-hmm. epic quote. Kelly, indeed, falls off the pole first. D wins it for the red group. They get the reward. The blue group is the, the group that goes to tribal first and has to go back to the old Lulu Beach with nothing Man, Jake comes over. They're all celebrating that they won the reward. Jake goes and says, first taco goes to D, huh? First taco goes to D? 
I thought, yeah, that's the least you could do. She just won you all tacos. How about the first 10 tacos you yeah. had to be? You all have to you know, watch her. Tacos you. are tiny. <laughs> yeah. First, first crumb goes to D. Can, I can't even fathom having the nerve of having D win that for you and somebody goes and eats a taco before she does. That would be incredibly rude. Just the table manners would be unbelievable. Now, I know at some point Jeff mentions the amount of time that was passed. I think he said like 17 minutes had passed. So I think in total, the whole challenge was probably under 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I looked up the record for this challenge. Mm-hmm. What would be your guess for the longest time somebody was on the pole? I know a lot of these challenges go really, really long, but I don't think this one could go that long. I mean, longer than 30 minutes, but probably not longer than two hours. It's longer than two hours. How long is it? Three hours and 15 minutes. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy. And it did remind me that a lot of times when we watch this challenge, they get off the pole and people's legs... They have like sea legs. <laughs> they like can't. They don't work. They're like they wobble. They fall completely to the ground. They can't make it to the sit out bench. Like this challenge has gone for a lot longer in the past. So it's kind of crazy the difference in length between this one and once previous. Yeah, players these days are getting soft. Honestly, we we get a great confessional from D after she's won the challenge. Kind of talking herself up and she talks about her toes because of course she does (laughs) and at the very end of her confessional she says oh boy (laughs) it seemed to wash over her the realization that because she's won this challenge all the moments of her talking about her toes are gonna make the cut (laughs) she was just saying those things in camp thinking there's no way that's gonna air but now she realizes that now it's crucial to the plot. Right. And she's going to, her her toes are going to be a main character this season. <laughs> it hits her hard. We get the next segment, which is the sanctuary. We have the red group showing up. Dee gets the first taco, just like they promised her. I got some beef with this reward. What's the beef? Jeff says that the reward is make your own tacos. <laughs> and is that a reward? I'm just trying to think if I was coming home from a long day at work and I was telling my husband I'm exhausted and he said, that's okay. I'm going to let you come home and make some dinner for yourself. <laughs> ah, they're on Survivor. This is what we were just saying. Why are these rewards going so downhill? Here's some raw fish that we got from the beach right in front of your camp. Make your own tacos. They used to get flown in helicopters. You know what I'd like to see? What? I'd like to see these new castaways have some nerve to stand up to it. <laughs> Boycott the rewards. You can resume back to the to the breakdown. I just had to get my venting out about the making your own tacos. Well, that's pretty much it. I don't have much of a taco breakdown, but they do start talking about a little bit about, you know, strategy and things. Julie, just in a talking head, says, I kept thinking we're all just voting Caleb, right? And I thought, come on, Julie, you're better than that. Uh You've seen the show. Why would everybody do the exact same thing that they just did? They never do. 
Yep. And finally, we get someone who sees shield potential. I noted this as well. For the first time ever this season, somebody makes sense of using a shield. And of course, we talked about this last podcast. Why hasn't anybody wanted to use shields, Mm -hmm. right? Or keep people as shields. And it gets mentioned probably a thousand times Uh tonight. So many times. This was just the start of it. Jake is proposing some really smart gameplay. The only flaw, and it's not really to his, like, it's not his fault, but the only flaw in the gameplay is that it's three on three. So it's him, Caleb, and Keturah potentially against the other three, which is Dee, Julie, and Austin. He doesn't really have the numbers to make a play, but he wants to make a play, which I appreciated so much. That's what I wanted to see instead of what Julie was just proposing of just getting rid of Caleb. Right. So. Not thinking, just doing. Exactly. Some people are really not thinking four or five steps ahead, and some people are, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to cause some clashes. Right. We go back to the old Lulu Beach, and Drew has left his only advantage, his safety without power, in his bag back at their actual camp, back at home. This happened um, in a few seasons past. Mm -hmm. Bring your bag with you, people. Everywhere. Everywhere you go, you bring your bag. Yep. Because now he is without his advantage. Mm -hmm. He has no safety and very little power. (laughs) Kendra seems like she's finally willing to go for Bruce. I think this is a moment where she's not thinking four or five steps ahead. She's thinking about, I don't like this guy. I want to vote him out. She's not thinking about making a million dollars. She's thinking about making camp life more enjoyable. Yeah. Which is a trap a lot of people fall into. Yeah. And with Bruce as well, I think he also does hurt her gameplay a little bit just because he's hard to work with. Sure. He's not yeah, just he not likable. He, yeah. He's not just, he's a number, but he's a difficult number. Sure. Um, but at this point, Kelly is trying to talk some sense into her because they can't afford to get rid of their difficult numbers. They have to vote out people on the other side first, and then you can get rid of the difficult numbers like Bruce. Mm. Kelly's got a great point there. Bruce, of course, sniffs it out immediately. It was almost, it was crazy. He was like, I think Kendra's going for me. Yeah, I'm honestly always shocked how people pick up on things like this on mm-hmm. Survivor. It's incredible. This, like, sense that people have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd have it. Yeah. Which is probably why I'd make great TV. Just be the big idiot on the beach. Well, it seems Bruce is just... (laughs) Bruce is more self-aware than we thought. Right. He's like, yeah, I think Kendra's trying to vote me out because I'm a jerk. Seems like he just knows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's leaning into the branch now. Yeah, and now Kelly has to play this role of, like, marriage counselor, basically. And try and bridge. That is wild that you said marriage counselor because I literally wrote down in my notes, Kelly plays therapist. Yep. Because Kendra is venting to her about Bruce. Kendra wants Bruce gone. Mm-hmm. And like a great therapist or parent, Kelly says, you're so right. Bruce is so annoying. 
he's so hard to work with, he's unpredictable, blah, blah, blah. After completely validating and making sure that Kendra feels heard and knows that she's a good friend, she says, but Bruce does have to stay. (laughs) And she says it in such a way that Kendra's just like, yeah, you're right. And she totally gets Kendra to switch. Yeah. It's incredible. It's true. She, I mean, power of therapy. <laughs> yeah. It validates her feelings and helps her see clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm just annoyed. Just don't like him. It's a great point. Back at the Dakuwaka Beach. <laughs> you say it like that for the rest of the season. Austin also wants to keep Caleb. He's kind of got the same thoughts as Jake. He wants to use Caleb as a shield. I thought I wa- I wanted D to see the light on this as well Me to too. keep Caleb as a shield. And of course, I think we're both biased because mm-hmm. we like Caleb. But he is a great shield. I mean, he's he showed showed today he's not going to be great. He doesn't have the zen. Right. You know, and so many of these challenges these endurance challenges require that Caleb probably won't be as big a personal threat unless there are basketball challenges, right? Unless they're playing one-on-one out there. <laughs> He's not going to be as big a threat in the challenges as everybody thought he was going to be. I need a D to see the light here so you can save him as a big target for someone else to target later. Right. But she doesn't. She just wants to get rid of him. She's so bitter. About him calling her out. Yep. I was just going to say, you know I love a good grudge, but not when it's against Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got the grudge, and she's she's ready to go. It, it seems, though, I mean, she's like, she's saying she's in the power position because she has the, you know, immunity necklace. But it's sometimes you just want to remind people, just because you have the immunity necklace doesn't mean your vote is worth more. Yeah, and people fall into that all the time, and I hate those little moments of cockiness from people when they are like, yeah, it's my choice tonight. And it's like, no, you're just not going home, but you don't get to decide who is. Exactly, and it does mean it enables you to be bolder, certainly, with the moves that you want to do. You could be more open about who you want to go home. You can, you know, be more involved in the talks without having to be worried about if people are lying and it's actually you, all that good stuff. So it does come with quite a bit of power, but it doesn't give you two votes. You still have the same amount of votes as everybody else. So if everybody else decided it's it's not Caleb and it's Julie, Julie's going home Mm -hmm. no matter what what you do. Right. We get another fantastic Caleb quote. This one just touched my heart, but he says, the quality of options is not nearly as great as the quantity of options. When you meet your people, you just know. Uh, that was over some B-roll of him with Katura, And you just see, oh, man, like they're making a great friendship, which Jake stomps all over on accident. <laughs> well, this is ironic because it's actually Caleb's idea. Uh-huh. And he, what he's trying to do his idea is to tell Katura that Bruce has an idol because she's the only one from the old Bellow tribe that doesn't know. And Austin somehow knows as well. And he, I don't know how 
I don't remember how Austin knows, but Caleb seems convinced that Austin knows. Caleb is worried that Austin is going to tell Keturah about Bruce's idol mm-hmm. to turn Keturah against them. Right. Caleb, unfortunately, kind of outplays himself here because he's anticipating Austin to do something really smart. Mm-hmm. And if Austin doesn't do this, this is not the right play. It's still, in my opinion, it still could have been great. I think they really needed to get their story straight and they really needed to pitch it in a structured way to Katura, mm-hmm. such as, I'm so glad we're finally here without Bruce. I've been dying to tell you, Bruce has the idol. Mm-hmm. Don't make it seem like you're only telling her now because you want her to work with you in this weird split. Mm-hmm. But make it sound like now that you're finally alone without Bruce, you can finally tell her this thing you've been dying to tell her. Yeah, that's a good point. Sell it like right. that. Because they don't. I mean, especially Jake. Jake and ruins this. I think Katura was going to go with them. All Jake does is reveal to her exactly where she stood with the Bellow Alliance. Exactly. Which is in the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Everybody else knew except for her. Mm-hmm. And all he had to say was, yeah, no, everybody else thought it was actually my rings. And she says, oh, is that why you were looking for your rings? Is that why everybody was looking for your rings? Did everybody know about the idol? He just has to say no. Yeah, exactly. It was just me and Bruce and, and Caleb found mm-hmm. that later. But I was just making that thing up about the rings. Right. But instead he says, yeah, everybody knew about you. Gotcha. <laughs> but then he says, but I got your back. That's what? It. Right. That's, that's the big risk in Caleb's plan here is they're just revealing to Katura her position within the Bellow Alliance. And if she's at the bottom there, that makes it a lot easier to go to the bottom of the Reba Alliance and vote out Caleb in this moment. Right. It makes no difference to her. Back at the old Lulu Beach, Sifu talks about how he's such a big threat, which I think is kind of funny. Did you think that was funny? Yeah, if you're a buff guy who plays Survivor, you're going to perceive yourself as a threat. (laughs) Even though you've won zero individual immunity challenges and you haven't proven to be an incredible asset to your team, it just seems to me that buff dudes are always going to say I'm a threat. Yep, exactly. And people talking about shields left and right Mm -hmm. here on the old Lulu Beach. Kelly says that Bruce is a great shield. I had some beef with this. Bruce is the opposite of a shield. Bruce is a goat. I'd agree with that. Nobody likes Bruce. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to vote to give him a million dollars. Bruce will make it to the end. He will get pulled to the end. Yeah. Because he's a villain. Because he antagonizes. And people don't like him. Right. People will pull him into the final three because they know no one's going to vote for him. He's not a good person to bring along as a shield because he will end up taking your place in the final three. That's my opinion. Yep. I like your opinion. I agree with it. What's the opposite of a shield? A pile of goo. <laughs> He's a pile of goo. That's that's what he is. After this chat, I thought, this is what I wrote down, 
I think Sifu is going home. Mm-hmm. And then I think Julie is going home or there's going to be a rock draw. Those are my predictions. Yeah, those are great predictions based on the information we had. So we get to tribal council number one. It's night 14. My first thought was Jeff's stool that he sits on a tribal council. Do you think that's padded? Ooh, that is an interesting question. But no, I don't. You're sitting there for like a couple hours. Yeah, and he did it twice tonight. Yeah. Jeff's not really a diva, I, I get the feeling. I don't know. He makes a lot of money. Enough to coddle that little tush of his. <laughs> I think he might have some padding in that stool. Heck, the guy should just be sitting on a throne out there. <laughs> <laughs> He's the king. Okay, so speaking of all of the shield talk and Sifu being a threat, mm-hmm. Sifu says he thinks he's going to go home because he's a threat. And Bruce says, well, I can relate because I myself am a threat. And then it cuts to Sifu kind of make it like a uh, I thought face. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Sifu felt, well, that wasn't very validating, yeah, Bruce. Honestly, it made me think, I have this cousin who is so pretty and everybody always says we look alike. And when somebody says that to me, I'm like, no way, really? I'm so flattered. But I'm sure that when somebody says it to her, she's like, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is how Sifu was feeling. Like, okay, don't bring me down to your level. (laughs) I Yeah, I thought that was funny. Bruce does not have the validating gene in him. No, he doesn't. He's going to make it about himself. Uh Uh-huh. Man, if Sifu thinks he's got it bad, I'll tell you. I'm (laughs) famous and a threat. (laughs) They read the votes. Everybody goes for their votes. It's pretty, it's a, everybody's kind of talking in generalities, generalizations. Nobody's really giving out information during the, the, the chat, the tribal council chat. Bruce does talk about fractures in alliances as if he's not the guy who just like walks around with a sledgehammer during camp life, fracturing everything. But they go to the vote, and Jeff is reading the votes. He reads one vote for Bruce, and he reads one, two, three votes for Sifu. After he reads the third vote for Sifu, Bruce just hits him on the arm and is like, "Hey, that means it's you, buddy. Like, just one more, and you're gone. I don't think I don't think you have any hope left." He's like, Bruce, really? Did you need to do that in that Honestly, moment? Honestly, yeah. And Sifu is voted out. Sifu gets voted out, and he says, the first words out of his mouth is, you guys are awesome. And then he says, thank you. He takes this vote out with incredible humility. Yeah, it's not what I want to see. (laughs) I want to see Michaela status. You're so mad and you're cussing out your tribe mates that you forget your dang shoes. That's, That's right. what I want to see. Bring that back. People are too nice I now. I forgot about that. Yeah, no. Sifu, he takes his, his torch out. He's crushed because he doesn't even make the jury. That's the saddest part of this. His exit interview, so classy. It was. And it was almost like the real Sifu. Like he wasn't kind of, he wasn't being a character. Yeah. And it it did make me really like him. I already did like him. I love when somebody has a big personality like that on Survivor, but it made me sad to see him go. It was, yeah, it was honestly, this episode was the first time we got to see any kind of depth to Sifu. Depth, that's the word I'm looking for, exactly. Mm-hmm. We get a bonus tribal council 
Number two, 914. I thought they, they must have just gotten the same script <laughs> as the first one because yeah. they're all basically saying the same things. Right. Just speaking in vague generalizations, not giving yep. up any information. And uh, until Caleb's speech, Caleb kind of gives this speech about he gets a new day. He's been hitting the brakes hard. He was too likable. He made too many friends, too popular. And so everybody tried to vote for him. So he's trying to turn over a new leaf <laughs> and work with people. Too popular. Gain muscle too easy. Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Can eat food and the weight just falls right off of him. That's right. There's too many perspectives. Good. Mates out there. Yeah. <laughs> so many crazy things. It's kind of gives me a little bit of hope until Keturah kind of laughs and says, you know, Caleb approached me, but at the end of the day, I'm going to make the decision is it's best for me. And to me, that was my first indication of she might flip on the Bellow tribe tonight. Yeah. They go to the voting booth and receive D vote. She is so salty. She's so salty. It's hilarious. Uh-huh. She thought, she says, I could have worked with you until you burned that bridge last night. It's like, <laughs> didn't you vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> Got her. Wait a second. <laughs> Forgot about that. It's always funny to me what people say in the little voting booth to the camera. Mm-hmm. On an, a long list of reasons why I would be a poor Survivor player, I know I'd make for boring TV because I would never want to say anything that, if I were wrong, would be embarrassing. Would, embarrassing. Never, yeah. Yes. Uh, you would be in there writing your vote and say, I think this is where it's going to go, but if not, it might not. I mean, I don't know for sure. I, I only exactly. know Exactly. I always think about how Sandra, whenever she played Winners at War, mm-hmm. so she'd already won twice before this. Mm-hmm. And in every single vote, she would say to the camera, and the queen stays queen. And it was so cool until it until wasn't. Until it wasn't. She got until voted out. Until she got off. voted out, yeah. and it was like, Ugh, and now all of those are just yeah, like. The queen is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, Jake has a moment right here where he says something along the lines of, you know, I just got told what to do in the last vote, but I'm, you know, I'm doing my own thing here, kind of a thing. I don't know, I can't remember exactly what he right. said. Uh, it just came off to me that he was like trying to impress his dad or something. You know, yeah. he's like really trying to show his family that he's independent and is living on his own. I have my own apartment now. Like, <laughs> They read the votes here for tribal council number two. Jeff goes through. We have two votes on Julie, and that's Caleb and Jake's votes. And then we have, unfortunately, Katura stabs Caleb in the back. And, we and get, me in the heart. And you in the heart. And Caleb goes home here. No more shot in the dark to protect him. Oh, I was so sad. and. There's a moment, a long moment, where Caleb's like collecting himself, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure which way he was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought, oh, here comes my big reaction. But he had kind of the similar face and looked like decision that Cody had when mm-hmm. Jesse blindsided him, mm-hmm. where you can see he has a moment where he's like, Actually, in real life, very ticked off, mm-hmm. but has to like be like, all right, I'm playing a game, I'm being filmed right now, 
take myself out of the heat of the moment and give a good reaction here. Yeah. If I want to win that SIA favorite player award. Yeah, see, that's right. SIA yeah. gives what, like $10,000? 100000 uh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was kind of funny when I was thinking of Jesse and Cody. Mm-hmm. I I remember that scene so clearly in my head. And I just realized, like, I have a lot of survivor memories. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of the contestants. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember how to say the word mozzarella cheese the right way. <laughs> There's no N. It's like, where, how does my brain decide what's important to keep and what should go? <laughs> because I have all of this survivor history. Mm-hmm. And yeah, words like ornaments. There's no D in it, but I just... (laughs) Ornaments. But I just, I cannot remember it because my head is so full of this useless information. (laughs) Caleb gets to be our first member of our jury, which, honestly, if you're going to lose, that's a good spot to lose. I mean, you're you're out. Yeah. You're the first member of the jury, but you get to take a shower and eat before anybody else. That's true. Just as much If you're going to lose, you might as well lose right at this point. Mm -hmm. You're right. Still in the jury. But you didn't have to starve for another two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Just to be the, the last member. Yeah. Let's go over our voting stats. They got significantly more boring with Caleb getting they voted really out. They really did. The voting stats are so bleak. It's kind of crazy. So uh, here we have Bruce, one vote. D, one vote. Drew, two votes. Emily, one vote. Julie, two votes. That's it. That's not that's not much. These surviving, I mean, the people with votes, obviously, the most votes go home. So <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Sure. But, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how Julie and Jake patch things up after Jake, you know, voted for her unsuccessfully. Yeah. And uh, we'll see when everybody comes back together how things shake out. Let's get to our worst move and best move. Mags, you got the worst move this week? I would have to say I think that Jake made a mistake voting for Julie. Hmm. I really do believe that he needs to make a big move and that he does need to show some sort of independence in this game or leadership, something to build his resume. I just think this wasn't the time for him. Hmm. And I hate to say this because... I did not want Caleb to go home, but Jake really kind of burned a bridge there with his alliance, and now they're going to go back when the tribe gets all back together, and everybody's going to know, you know, what he did, and I just think that wasn't the right time, and he didn't have, he wasn't confident in the numbers. Yeah. This is, I've got best move, and ironically... I thought his move was a, a, a good one, and I would have put the worst move on, on Katura because I think she panic-flipped. Yeah. When in actuality, nobody likes Bruce. He's really at the bottom of the Bellow Alliance, not Katura. Right. But because he's got the idol and everybody knew about it, she thought they were all tighter with Bruce than with her, right. which is not reality. Right. So I'm stealing worst move. I'm going to put it on her. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Best move. I got best move. And my best move is kind of a boring one. It's just going to be Austin. He kept his idol to himself. Love it. He kept his head down. 
he is in the best spot. Mm-hmm. Him and Emily are my two front runners right now. And both of them played great because this is the point of the game where you want your head down. Yeah. This is the spot where you make it another two or three tribal councils and then you wake up and make a few more moves. Right. So great for Austin for keeping his head down and avoiding being a a target. Right. Now something to keep your eye on from here on out. There have been a lot of times when you see people in the final three and somebody in our eyes as the viewer is the clear winner. But they are, they cannot portray that. They're having a hard time um, verbalizing all of their moves and they cannot do it. And you see articulate that. Articulate. Articulate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of times their fall. Take, for example, on Xander's season. You remember him, the guy with the long hair? He'd mm-hmm. wear his hat, his, uh, his buff in a funky in way. A funky way. Mm-hmm. But he was like the clear winner to me in that season and then you get to the final tribal and he just cannot articulate it and he doesn't win Mm -hmm. and so something to keep your eye on here is who are who are the narrators this season who get a lot of talking heads because they get talking heads because they're good at describing the story it's true and emily gets quite a bit and emily gets quite a few austin also gets yeah so they're good storytellers Mm -hmm. that's why i just think even if julie makes it to the end Clearly, she's she's not a good storyteller. She doesn't get a lot of camera time. So I, I, this is just something, and this is just me, like I said, leaning into the logic and editing of it. Something to track. Before the mailbag, I have to say, I am so freaking excited for next episode. I saw the trailer for next week, and the Survivor Auction is back, okay? I am beyond thrilled for this. The Survivor Auction is one of my all-time favorite segments on survivor so we have got a lot to look forward to next week the problem with this is everybody's going to save their money no i'm sure i'm i know that's how they that that's why they end up canceling it there's no way they brought it back and aren't going to have some enforces for that some rules for that there's going to be something to change it up yes we'll get to our mailbag our mailbag this week is how do you feel about the shot in the dark advantage we got some good responses on social media and in the email our first response was from madison from canada as you might imagine a big caleb fan she says holy crap this episode was insane i have been missing this sort of drama in my life and the (laughs) shot in the dark i literally have no words i actually did not fully understand it until y'all explained it in this week's episode And now that I do, wow, I love it. I cannot believe it worked out for Caleb, but I am so happy it did. I literally gasped when Jeff read safe. (laughs) I'm with y'all. He needs to stay in this game. And I'm so glad the shot in the dark is a thing or he would be a goner. Literally every single vote was for him. The dude is going to have to, the dude is going to have some serious work to do to stay in this game. The drama. This is what we've been waiting for. Hashtag Team Canadian Batman. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. This is D Slimmer from TikTok says the shot in the dark could not have possibly been played at a better time than this, and the outcome was Chef's Kiss. Thank you, D Slimmer. 
Chelsea from St. George, Utah said, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I hate this advantage. I'm glad it worked out for Caleb because I like him, but I think all immunities should be won or earned, not given by luck. Okay. Thank you, Chelsea. Alexander in Japan says, The shot in the dark has been something I want them to take out from the day they put it in. When it worked, it was bittersweet because I was happy for Caleb, but felt now like the producers are just going to justify keeping it in the game forever. Thank you, Alexander. Mick in Utah said, I honestly don't even know if I fully understood the shot in the dark until this last episode, and I have to say I'm a fan. I wasn't ready to see Caleb go. Now I'm just wishing Jay had a shot in the dark back in his seasons. He could have won with those odds. Ha ha. Thank you, Mick. I'm I'm assuming Mick is talking about the Jay from Millennials versus Gen X. X. Yeah, he he did. He was exactly like Caleb, where he was this big kind of social, physical threat, young guy who was playing really, really well and just ran out of ways to save himself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great submissions in the mailbag this week. Fantastic. We got some from both sides showing the polarization of modern day Survivor. It's much like our current political climate. Did you want to talk more about that? Anyways, moving on to the question of the (laughs) week. (laughs) I want to know what segment do you like better on Survivor? The auction or a loved one's visit? Okay. That's our question of the week this week. The auction versus the loved one's visits. Which part of old Survivor have you missed more? I also have a mini question. Can I add a second question? I'll allow it. My second question is, I forgot it. Lights are too bright in here. (laughs) Three hours later. Oh, this is my question. Bruce, do you love him? Do you hate him? Do you love to hate him? That is not a mini question. That is a loaded question. I I just want to hear what the people have to say. And I swear, if we get more answers for Sam's question than my (laughs) question, (laughs) thanks again for your love on social media. I will take screenshots and post to our Instagram everything that we've referred to today. If I miss something, just let us know. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. We're at the Merge Feast Pod. We're also on TikTok, at the Merge Feast Pod, or on Twitter slash X at the merge feast you can message us there you know send us your 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 thoughts we can read those on the podcast or you can of course email us we're the merge feast pod at gmail.com we invite you to leave us a, a five-star review because our compensation is tied directly to our reviews <laughs> thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you guys next week 